0: You're listening to Mischief Media. Hello, hello. Welcome to season three of Ted and Michael Read Sketches into Microphones. I'm Michael Paul Smith, and with me, of course, is Ted O'Gorman. It has been a while, but man, is it great to be back. Ted and I were able to record this whole season from our own homes, thanks to those modern recording technologies that we've finally gotten up to date with so we've managed to stay covid safe and in terms of quality i don't think you'd ever know that we weren't in the same room right ted 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 i could see you bud but i can't hear you not a word okay it seems like for the first time ever we're having a little technical difficulty that was sarcasm Ted, not sure you can hear me, but we're just going to roll right along with the first episode. That's right,
1: Uh, man. This quality is unmatched. We haven't lost a step, even though we're hundreds of miles away. I mean,
0: ah, it's amazing. There you go, Ted. I didn't think you could hear me there for a sec. You're also a little blurry, but I'm, I'm glad to see that's been resolved. Has it been? Ted, can you hear me now? Ted? Alright, don't know what's going on here. We'll get it sorted out. Without further ado, here's this season's first sketch. It's one we're super Oh proud yeah, of. man. You're coming in crystal clear. Crystal clear. Sharp as a tack, that audio. I see what's happening. Ted, something is wrong. Uh, you're just on a bit of a delay. So I'm just going to intro the sketch, and then Jillian will troubleshoot your issue. You don't have to talk anymore, okay? I'll take this one, bud. Okay, without further ado, this sketch is called Late Night in Billy's... Delay? S- I don't think so, Mike. No delay on my end. No, Please sir. Please be quiet. I promise you're on a delay, and you keep interrupting me when I'm speaking. I've got the intro, pal. Thanks. This sketch is called Late Night in Billy's Stomach. We wrote this sketch years ago when we performed live uh, with Ted's brother Mike. Mom's the word, pal. Take it away. Mother of God! Live from the greatest tummy in the world, it's Late Night in Billy's Stomach the only talk show that takes place in the belly of an irresponsible nine-year-old. Here's your host, Spearmint Gum! Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Late Night in Billy's Stomach. As always, I am your host, Spearmint Gum. Please welcome my sidekick, a piece of wax fruit Billy ate back in 2015. So, Waxy, what'd you get up to this weekend?
1: Oh, not too much. Hung around, relaxed. Went out to this new bar that opened recently Called the peptic ulcer Weird crowd, fun time Yeah, I heard about that place
0: Little hole-in-the-wall joint
1: huh? That's the one And let me tell you, I'm no doctor But Billy is way too young To have an ulcer that can fit a crowd that big (laughs) The place was hopping The stomach lining was out the door Yowza (laughs) Sounds colorful he must be in crippling pain. <laughs>
0: let's uh, let's hope so. This kid is terrible. Glad to hear the peptic ulcer was a good time. I'll have to check it out. I went to that new gastric pub a few days ago. Uh, I didn't love it. Not a fan, huh? Nah, it took forever to get a drink at the bar, and the food was in such small portions. <laughs> hey, look who it is. Let's say hello to the uh, best band in the biz, Bubblicious and the Rubber Band. What do you say, bubs? Oh, baby, Bobby, hey, Spearman, how's it sticking? Bubbalicious, we've been doing this show for a long time, haven't we? (laughs) A long time, baby. Since Billy's sixth birthday, and he's already nine and a half. Time flies, right? We've broadcasted within several hospitals and reformatories. This kid's rap sheet and medical history is as diverse as it can get. Oh, (laughs) but makes for great TV, though, don't it? (laughs) Sure does. Perfect segue, bubs. Thanks for that. We're thrilled to be broadcasting live for you this evening. We've got a great show for you tonight. Billy always eats the most interesting guests marbles, pennies, evidence of his many heinous crimes you name it. <laughs> Kids, for sure, a sociopath. <laughs> Yowza. You know it. Good thing there's no NCIS Billy's stomach. Am I right? <laughs> Not yet, anyway. Powdered Donut Hole is here tonight. Billy swallowed it whole for breakfast this morning, didn't even taste it. What an idiot. And later tonight we have the musical stylings of Latin rock sensation Frijoles Negros. Billy ate them last night when his father was on the phone with his mistress. Folks, all I'm saying is that if it's true that some people eat their feelings, Billy must be the most empathetic kid on the planet. He scarfed those beans down quicker than he did that cotton candy he ate back when he found out he was repeating second grade.
1: Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Yowza! <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know it. But first, we thought we'd do a little top 11 list. Let's try that. The uh, category tonight is top 11 reasons Billy will surely die before his 13th birthday. Billy is nine, and it's no secret he's not exactly health conscious. So what we've done here is compiled a list of reasons that he will not live to see 13. Here we go, number 11. His imaginary friend is Bleach, number 10. He fell 30 feet out of an oak tree attempting to play Quidditch. Number
1: nine. <laughs> <laughs> tried to
0: write his name in the snow with his pee and wound up in Pittsburgh.
1: Pittsburgh.
0: <laughs> Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> <gasps> uh, Number eight. He once tried to climb into the oven telling his mom, I want to see the cookies bake. I want to see the cookies bake. <laughs> number seven. His lifelong dream is to dance with lava. Number six. His affinity for shooting squirrels with his BB gun and swearing to high heaven that squirrels live in his face. Number five. He once poked his trachea, swallowing a toothpick, and then fell into the pool. Number four. Two weeks ago, Billy ate shit on a dare. Only it wasn't a dare. He just ate the shit. It's true. We had it on the show that night. Good guest. Number three. His love for climbing in bat caves, looking for treasure, even though he's allergic to bats and caves Ah. and treasure. Number two. (laughs) He lost a bet for a buffalo nickel that he could successfully vomit into his own asshole. A buffalo nickel?
1: (laughs) Who even uses those anymore? (laughs) I'm a little
0: drunk. And the number one reason Billy will surely die before his 13th birthday, he's nine, he's a moron, and someone keeps letting him drive. (laughs) And now it's time for our first guest tonight. Please welcome a powdered donut hole... Billy Swallowed at Breakfast. Come on out here.
2: Hi, hey, how you doing? Oh, hey, looking good out there. How's it hanging?
0: Can't tell you how excited we are to have you on the show tonight.
2: It's great to be here. How about that band, Bubblicious and the Rubber Band? You guys really know how to make a guy feel welcome.
0: Well, let's get right into the question, shall we? You were swallowed whole this morning. Billy, in his infinite wisdom and... Lack of fear of choking hazards, didn't even attempt to chew you.
2: That is correct. He just popped me in and swallowed. I don't think I hit a single tooth. I mean, he gagged a bit, but not much. Wow. So, uh, what happened there? Well, Billy's mom was trying to get her son to eat a bowl of heart-healthy oatmeal. But, uh, he threw a tantrum, kicked her in the shin while sitting at the breakfast table. She screamed in pain, relented, placed a box of me and my buddies on the table for Billy to eat. Then he selected me from the bunch. And when his mother turned her back to check the quickly forming bruise on her shin, he popped me in his mouth, while at the same time punching his sister as she sat in her high chair. Sheesh. Well, I can't say that's surprising. (laughs) That was my first time meeting him, and I gotta say, that top 11 list was spot on. He will never see 13. I mean, right after he punched his infant sister, he slipped out of his chair and cracked his head on the linoleum floor. He slipped from a seated position at the breakfast table. Who does that?
1: Yowza.
0: (laughs) Well, enough about putrid, putrid Billy. Do you have any plans while you're in town? What are you doing?
2: Well, I'm doing a stand-up show at the Cole and Cabana tonight. Kind of a big deal for me.
0: That's one hell of a venue. A lot of beautiful gut floor. I heard the management spared no expense.
2: Oh, yeah. The venue is great, but you'll always play with the occasional parasite in the audience. But what can you do? Billy eats a lot of undercooked foods. Ain't that the truth.
0: <laughs> that kid once ate a Salisbury steak he found behind the dumpster at school, or as he calls it, his stronghold. And boy, were the results bad. We called it Apocalypse Cow Reflux.
2: Yikes! Yikes! Sucks. I was next in line for an order going out to a law and order shoot. I could be sitting in lovely, lovely Mariska Hargitay's small intestine by now. I hear it's pristine and smells of lilacs. Instead, I'm here. You know, life throws curveballs at you sometimes. No oh, fuck, man. Like, why did it go this way? Oh, oh God, why didn't I listen to my donut parents? Oh, I could have been something tastier. I could have been a croissant. I could have been a whole donut. Oh, please.
0: Well, thanks for uh, coming by, PDH. This time to meet the donut has been well spent.
2: Oh, well, thank you, Spearmint. This has been a real honor. (laughs)
0: Well, that's almost all the time we have. This kid's metabolism can be unpredictable for those of us that are, in fact, you know, digestible. But first, to play us out, please welcome our musical guest here to play the title song of their new album, Sonidos Hacemos Billy Hace, which translates to Sounds We Make Billy Make. Please welcome Latin rock sensation, Frijoles Negros. Tres <laughs> cuatro.
2: This has been Late Night in Billy's Stomach, property of the digestive broadcasting system. Produced by DBS Productions, a subsidiary of
0: Gutcom. See you tomorrow, folks. And remember, if you got to change, don't do it chemically. Hi, everyone. So, as we all know, this last year was such a weird time in pretty much every conceivable way. But one of them is that we didn't get to participate in the usual holiday traditions because of the pandemic. For me and Jillian, that meant most of our time was spent together because we didn't want to get family sick. We tried to keep our bubble real small.
1: Same for me and Hallie. We didn't get to see anyone in person for any of the major dates. Um, It was a weird year. Video chat, you know, that helps but it's definitely not
0: the same. Jillian and I actually had time to think about our favorite holiday traditions and how we can't wait to get back to them. So Ted, I know I'm kind of springing this on you and I know this isn't, you know, what we normally do, but I thought let's just get sentimental for a little bit and share some holiday memories or stories with our listeners. Maybe help people get back into the spirit of celebrating together. Doesn't that sound good? Doesn't that sound like we're doing a little bit of good, putting a little good out into the world for once? Sounds great, man. Sounds great. Cool. Cool. I'll start. And you know what? Maybe New Year's is the best place to start, and we can just go through the whole year. New Year's Eve its a chance to welcome a new calendar of opportunities, a chance to let go of past mistakes, a time to look back on the previous year's accomplishments. And for my money, there's no better way to ring in the new year than by kissing your soulmate at midnight, who happens to be, in my case, my beautiful bride, Jillian. Some things are cliche for a reason, you know? Ted, how about you? Any New Year's specific memories or traditions? That's
1: beautiful, man. Really sweet. Thanks. Really sweet. Yeah, I I suppose my family had some things they did each year. My parents had an annual tradition they celebrated on New Year's Eve. I'm sure uh, a lot of you have similar things to this. I loved the annual celebration of Skip the First.
0: I'm sorry, Skip the First? What is that?
1: Uh, you guys out there, you, you know this one. Uh, that's when, before your parents go out to ring in the New Year with their friends, your mom gives you a bunch of jelly beans that make you sleepy. Then you sleep right through New Year's Day. I admit, I, I lied one year when my mom asked me uh, how much I weighed. I wanted her to think I was bigger and stronger than I was. What a dope. I ended up sleeping all the way through the third because she thought I needed more delicious, sleepy jelly beans. I woke up in what's called an ICU. Uh, I thought it was a game like I spy. No. Even the police came to say hello. Happy Skip the First.
0: Oh, sweet Jesus. Ted, I'm not sure that's the happy memory you seem to think it is.
1: You say tomato. I say tomato.
0: You just said it the same. You said tomato twice. I can't. Okay. Let's just move on. Groundhog Day. Falls on February 2nd. Not a major holiday, but I happen to like it. And on every Groundhog Day, Jillian and I watch, you guessed it, Groundhog Day, the famous Bill Murray classic. It's a yearly requirement on February 2nd in our home. So Ted, I I shudder to ask, do you have a tradition for Groundhog Day in your family? Not
1: so much Groundhog's Day per se, but my parents did celebrate a holiday
0: every year in early February. Okay, well, if it's if it's weird, just skip it. We don't have it's to-
1: outside pajama night the night where your mom and dad tell you to go outside and find the prettiest stick in the yard. Then they lock you out and you make yourself a bed of leaves in the snow. What's this holiday always missing? Shoes. You're the winner if you can get your parents to let you back in the house by the next day's lunch after they're done with their adult tomato juices and sparkling OJ. Tisk tisk. did you just ask for pancakes? Back outside with you.
0: <laughs> I feel like I'm going to cry Not because of what happened to you, but because of how stupid you still are to be describing that with a smile on your face. Listeners, I wish you could see Ted. It's fascinating. This guy is gritting ear to ear, talking about being left outside by his—so very sad. Let's just move on. For obvious reasons, we'll be skipping St. Patrick's Day. But right past St. Patrick's Day we go. You know what? We're going through March April and May as well. and June. Let's just talk about 4th of July. How about that? A time for pool parties, hot dogs, and fireworks. A chance to celebrate some Americana.
1: 4th of July. Or as my dad always called it, Clinton never served a day in uniform day. Dad'll say he was too busy getting laid at Oxford on a Rhodes scholarship. Well, better refill dad's glass with another three fingers of amber happiness. Things could turn south... Any minute. This game is fun, and all the while, mom is upstairs with the air conditioning repairman. When did the air conditioning break? Beats me. What a fun holiday. Christ.
0: How about Halloween? Is there anything remotely pleasant about Halloween from your clogged toilet of a childhood? Maybe a costume you remember? A favorite candy? You know, something that won't make people sad.
1: Not Halloween, but the day after was always memorable. November 1st. Hairspray Eyes Day! (gasps) Your mom and dad are still sleeping in their costumes from the Halloween party they attended the night before. You try and wake up your mom with a request for oatmeal. In response, she sits straight up in bed, screams in your face, and shoots your eyes full of hairspray from an aerosol can. Oops, double whammy on this one. Sure, your eyes sting, but good luck prying them open in front of the mirror with all that sticky hairspray gluing them shut. And here's a pro tip. Don't try and heat them open with a match... Ouch! We've all learned that the hard way.
0: Great. Just wonderful. That's fantastic. Thank you. Thanksgiving was actually, truly, always my favorite holiday growing up. I loved all the food, but there was just something really special about having the whole family together. Ted, please ruin Thanksgiving for everyone keeping score at home.
1: My favorite Thanksgiving tradition started when I was old enough to sit at the table for all the middle children in the family. Since I'm the only middle kid, it was just me there at that little card table in the basement. But I wasn't alone. I had sawdust to keep me company. When dinner came, I got to lick the bag the turkey organs came in. And for dessert, I got a whole salted lemon all to myself. Yum yum in my tum tum.
0: I shit you not, he's still smiling. It's fucking astounding. Jillian, how would you describe that smile? It's frozen onto him.
3: That's the smile of a crazy person. That's- Yeah, that's the smile that every actor who's ever played the Joker tried in the mirror, then looked at himself and said, wow, I got to dial this back. It's just the Joker. That's all.
0: Yes, exactly. I couldn't have put it better myself. Ted, you look utterly insane, old pal. You know what? Why don't we just take this full circle and and please favor us with some batshit crazy Christmas memory? What was the tradition? Did your mother shoot you in the back with marble from a slingshot? Maybe your parents made you eat rocks for dinner. What was it, Ted? Please tell us. Because now it's, it's, I'm making scenarios in my mind that are probably worse than what actually happened. Just tell us.
1: Oh, Mike. Christmas Eve will always be special because that's the night my dad would hand me a saw and say, all right, kiddo, get out there and don't come back until you've taken down at least eight stop signs. And he really liked it if I removed them from a four-way intersection. He just loved car crashes. Loved it more when they happened on Christmas Eve. I miss that guy.
0: Well, luckily your folks live close. (laughs) Why don't you go for a visit?
1: My dad said next time he and I are in the same room, one of us is leaving in a pine box. (gasps) I guess that's a new holiday tradition, you know, because of pine and and winter stuff. Fuck.
3: Fuck. What is happening? This explains so much. That's why he
0: is the way he is. I've told you. Hey there! You look a little uncomfortable. Constantly adjusting your pants to keep that hot, sticky ball bag from touching your thigh? (laughs) And who can blame you? It's awful to have those ever-simmering testes clinging to your unoffending leg. Introducing the new Sag Bag from Tyburn Industries. The Sag Bag wicks away moisture while raising the profile of your scrotum to provide a more youthful testicular portrait. The sag bag is effectively the first brassiere for the most intimate of areas. Just listen to these testimonials.
1: I had a fucking Elmer's Glue level of stickage going on with my marble sack. Then I found out about sag bag. Couldn't be happier. These clackers are snug and secure inside a velveteen pouch that feels like an angel's kiss. Mwah. My pebbles were really roasting in my skinny jeans, but with sag bag, I'm feeling comfortable and my under luggage has never looked sharper.
3: My boyfriend has so much more confidence since he started wearing the sag bag. His overall demeanor has changed so much. I mean, his dick still doesn't work, but his balls are like a 10.
0: For years, I fiddled with my own design for a testicular pouch. I tried everything,
1: hand towels, socks, bandanas, Twinkie wrappers, a section of tarp,
0: gaff tape, packing tape, chopsticks, a ladle, a single-serve muffin tin, a remote control for my Samsung, the box my wife's ring came in, a soda bottle cut in half, an old loafer sandwich bag sandwiches, nothing quite worked. But now, with Sag Bag, I feel like I'm walking around with the balls of a 20-year-old. Look at my profile. Oh, if my balls could talk, they'd be singing Lionel Richie's Hello. Sag bag? Oh, it's great. But Jerry hasn't come back home yet. Wait, what is this for? It's Tyburn Industries' new sag bag. Keep that diddle satchel off your thigh and have the ball profile you've always wanted. Your nugget purse will thank you. And your significant other will comment favorably on your newly hoisted plums. Sagbag is a proud sponsor of the Screen Actors Guild. Sagbag or its subsidiaries are not responsible for any groin injuries endured due to curious onlookers tugging at your sagbag. We recommend that you keep your sagbag tucked inside your pants at all times. Please consult your physician if your testicles begin to sag down the leg of your shorts to the point that onlookers can see them. Use Sagbag only as directed. It. Ted! Mike: So where did we leave off with the now years-long saga of Werner Herzog and his increasingly unhealthy obsession with Steve Zahn?
1: I believe Werner was arrested and Steve was rescued, right? Yeah, well remembered. But then he broke out like uh Arkham Asylum, yeah? Yeah, and he called Steve from a van with his burner Cell phone, yep, mm-hmm. that checks, and
0: uh, he uh, kidnapped the wrong family. Kidnapped a perfectly innocent family, thinking it was Steve Zahn's. Uh, not that the Zahn's aren't perfectly innocent, they just... I'm, I'm sure they're as lovely as Steve himself, but... Sure. the The people he kidnapped were
1: not the intended targets, you're saying.
0: Exactly, and Steve calls Werner and tells him that he kidnapped the wrong family, and urges him to turn himself into the police. And more importantly, Tom Hanks. Exactly, which... Does he? I don't know. But that's all you need to know at this point. Listen to this.
1: Welcome to the popular, long-running American game show, Jeopardy. I am, of course, your host, Werner Herzog. Today, once more, we have a veritable clash of the sorcerers. As we have three champions returning, each having earned centillion dollars even. The contestants are that thing you do, Steve Zahn.
0: <laughs> Hi, I'm Lenny, and I'm from EriePA. PA.
1: Rescue Don, Zan.
0: The name's Dwayne. We're gonna get
1: out of this. Just stay fucking calm. And Stuart Little, too. Zahn. Yeah, hey. You're all tied for first place in this game. And in my heart. So please, choose the first category. We'll takes take on for
0: 500,
1: for Warner. Answer. He played Tucker opposite a for once good looking Matthew McConaughey in Dallas Buyers Club. And I must say, he was the most captivating Tucker who's ever tucking tucked. No pun intended, but it must have Tuckered him out to have McConaughey win an Oscar by standing on the shoulders of his performance. Matthew, I will meet you in Valhalla. And I will write this wrong. That thing you do, Zan. <laughs>
0: Who is Steve Zahn? That is correct. Zancoms for <laughs> Zancoms for four hundred. Warner. Answer. It. It seems I
1: drifted off just after lockdown. The Friday night instant noodle course always plays havoc with my tummy. I'm sure Stuart Little, too, Steve, would have broken the tie, as he often does. Oh, well. Perhaps we should see what's available on the tiny transistor TV I was gifted by Charles Sheen, son of Martin. Zahn passes to Zahn. Zahn in control of the ball. Two defenders on him. He moves the ball. The genius of world soccer drives right. And he gets past the third defender. He could pass the ball, but of course the world would ask, why would Zahn give up control of the ball? Genius. 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 Goal. Goal. I want to cry. Good God, long live soccer. Oh, what a goal, Steve (laughs) Zahn. I can't help but crying, forgive me. Steve Zahn in a memorable drive. In the greatest play of all time, an intergalactic lightning bolt. What planet did you come from to leave so many Englishmen in the dust? To make the whole country into one great clenched fist, shaking, shouting for Zahn. Zahn won, England nil. The goal by Zahn was almost as brilliant as when Steve played the role of Marvin in the Eddie Murphy classic, Daddy Daycare. The movie... A timeless masterpiece, the role, a revelation. The only thing Daddy Werner cares more about is your comfort and safety. Steve, someday soon, when I tuck you in after your bedtime story, I will part your untidy hair. After all, you have been playing on the swing set all day, and I will kiss you goodnight on your forehead. I will turn out the light and sit awake in the rocking chair on the other side of the room. And wait for you to wake. But that is for another time. Back to the game where the score is Zahn 1 and England nil. Werner. Goal! (sighs) Werner. Hey, (sighs) (sighs) Werner! Wait. Where? Where am I? It's okay. You're still in prison with me. You were talking in your sleep again. You screamed goal and started crying. Man, you're really burning up. Let me get you another cold rag. Thank you, Nazi Ned. You're truly a a one-of-a-kind cellmate. When I manage to escape again, I will send you a nail file baked into a cake. Like in a cartoon, Nazi Ned. Like in a cartoon. Sure you will, buddy. Now hush and try and get some rest. Think of happy things. And when you're feeling better again... We can go over my number for the prison pageant. My girl is coming to see me, and I want her to be proud. Nazi Ned, you're ready. The steps to Folsom Follies don't live in your head. They live in your heart. Your performance will be almost sun-like. Thanks, man. Prisonering is a complicated profession. What a fucking weird dude.
0: I'd like to dedicate this episode to chair fart sounds. Embarrassingly accurate, impossible to replicate. Few things demand as urgent an explanation. They're
1: ruining someone's first date right now.
0: Oh, yeah. Ted and I have been working together since we were 17 and we used to go to the 24-hour diner and sit there and drink uh, raspberry iced tea and talk about all the different ways that our fledgling improv sketch group uh, could do shows and it was so exciting to just be there at the beginning of something and to just like be there and with all the possibilities and to just like be creative and like from the heart And I'm just, I'm feeling that right now. And I just, I've been looking forward to today and I'm just really, really happy. So thank you all in advance.
1: There you go. Footnote I've never had a sip of raspberry iced tea in my
0: life.
1: (laughs) You guys all have much better lighting than I do. (laughs) I guess that's like a new holiday tradition, you know, because of pine and winter stuff. Fuck. Mike, can you give that a little bit more body? Like, fuck. (laughs) Not, Not quite that low, but you know what I mean. Somewhere in the middle. Fuck. Fuck. That's the one.
3: <laughs> and then how was your how was your fuck, Mike? So that I'm not mimicking you. It's just
0: really really long and drawn out. Um no. just choose a note. That's what I did. Got it. Do uh do Hamilton.
3: I know. That's in my head. Oh. <laughs> fuck. Fuck.
1: Fuck. Can you go a little longer on that, Mike? Mm-hmm. Uncomfortably long, maybe? And then dial it back from there.
0: Fuck. But for me and Jillian, that meant most of our time was spent together because we didn't want to get in family sick. I'm going to take that whole thing again.
1: Hi, everyone. Happy skip the first.
0: My ring night just fell, which I'm not even using. There we go. Just laid it down gently. Oh. If my balls could talk, <laughs> they'd be singing
2: Lionel Richie's Hello, is it me you're looking for? You could see it in my balls. You could see it in my smile.
1: Not proud spots of the Screen Actors Guild. <laughs> I didn't read that last part. Oh, that's so good. Oh, that is.
0: <laughs> that is. That, that, now
1: that's comedy win an Oscar by standing on the shoulders of his performance. I just did Western New York Werner. <laughs> I did Western New York Werner like a piece of shit. <laughs> I can't help crying, forgive me. Steve
0: Zahn is a memorable
2: god. <laughs>
0: <coughs> <coughs>
2: <coughs> Fuck me.
0: If I had an index card, I'd throw it. <laughs> How a Powdered Donut Hole Cries.
3: Ted and Michael reads Sketches into Microphones is written and directed by Michael Paul Smith and Ted Gorman. With some room for improv, because this is a comedy podcast, friends. We're not tied to the page. In addition to your hosts Ted and Michael, this season features the voice talents of Andrew Bancroft, a.k.a. Jelly Donut, Anissa Folds, James Monroe Iglehart, C. Julian Jimenez, Eddie Lee Patrick McCartney Janice McIntyre Hallie O'Gorman Mike O'Gorman Emmanuel Polycarp April Sickler Nick Walker and me Jillian Pensavale I'm also the executive producer Season three of Ted and Michael Read Sketches into Microphones was recorded, edited, sound designed, and mixed by the badass team at Audio Muses, India Hui and Amita Ganatra. This season was produced in association with our friends over at Mischief Media, as well as co-producer Jensen Parker Neal. Original music for Ted and Michael season three, composed by India Hui. You can find full credits, plus episodes, transcripts, and more at tedandmichael.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Those reviews help a lot, and... To be honest, since it's just us here, Ted and Michael need a lot of reassurance and it would just make my life so much easier. Thanks. Follow the guys on Twitter at Ted and Michael, individually at Ted O'Gorman, at MP Smith NYC, and use the hashtag Ted Michael on all the things. For love notes and hate mail, use Ted and Michael at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. And hey, stay weird, friends.